Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 20 of the Dinosaurs YouTube page and podcast network. Got a great guest today, going to talk some basketball, social enterprise, impact in the community and more with Manak Lawal from Presidential Hoops. Manak is a former U-sport at the University of Prince Edward Island and professional basketball player who has now gone on to actually form his own company and he's now the CEO of Presidential Hoops. So his journey actually began going as a fairly highly touted prospect out of Ottawa to the University of PEI where he played at the U-sport level. Um, while he was there he, he set several school records. He's also got many many conference accolades as well too and definitely has uh, has made an impact out on the East Coast as far as uh, his basketball presence. From there, he transitioned that playing career into a pro contract, playing overseas in several leagues. He also played some national level uh, basketball as well for South Sudanese teams and uh, made, made some real, real great impacts there and took a lot of tangible things that he learned at, at that level and then was able to apply it for his business, which he ultimately then formed to give back to the community and try and make impacts through sport and connect with some of the communities that are maybe underserved or under underappreciated in the uh, Ottawa area. So he, he works with some at-risk youth and tries to just bridge the gap for um, some of these disadvantaged families who uh, are, are, you know, just trying to make ends meet there and make, make sure some good tangible outcomes for their uh, family. So they're doing phenomenal work in the community. If you haven't checked them out already, be sure to uh, give them a look up after this episode. But uh, yeah, we talk hoops, we talk uh, community, we talk a little bit of everything and it's a great wide ranging interview. And uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Manak Luol. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Dying Sports YouTube page and podcast network. Today we are joined by the one and only Manak Luol of Presidential Hoops. Manak, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, hey, we're really happy to have you on and you taking the time out because, uh, you know, we, we're following you on uh, social media there and you seem seem to be busy keeping the kids active even during some of this, uh, you know, phase two or three or whatever phase we're in these days. Yeah, man, we're always working, man. There's never a pause button, you know. The, the end of the world can be happening. We'll find a way to sneak in some work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what it's all about. Keep them sweating no matter what. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, you know, looking at your background, obviously sport has played a huge role in, in your life from you know, young man to where you are now. What, what do you think, you know, is, is so important about sport? And why is it such, you know, a unifying force for people from different backgrounds and beliefs and religions and all of that there i mean so when i was at i went to the university of prince edward island and i studied human behavior right and there was one class that i loved he talked about um the sociology of human behavior so um knowing how is how important it is for us to 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 get along in a sense right i think sports provide such a primitive need that we long for like um growing up i didn't have friends and it's not that i was like likable unlikable i was just more shy you know what i mean so i literally would wait till basketball season started to start making friends and i always knew every year i might not make no friends but i know that as soon as basketball season starts it's going to be about 10 guys that I can roll with, you know? So I think that's the power of sports. It brings you together. And, and with the climate of the world right now, um, 
there's no skin color attached or there's no, you know, perceptions on uh, my views and your views. It's more of just like a natural bonding, you know, corroborative of like humans, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, for you, was it always basketball growing up? Were you a bit of a multi-sport athlete or, or you had your lane and it, it was ball is life for you? No, it was it was first soccer, man. Like I come from Africa, so I know like um, soccer, man. You can use any type of tool. You just gotta have a ball, and you can just go out there and play soccer. You know, barefoot sandals. You're just playing soccer. So that was where I first got into, and I think it really helped develop my footwork. Basketball was it's kind of like the Jordan story a little. You know, I got cut in grade ten, in grade seven, and. I've never been cut before. I, I I didn't like that feeling, you know, so I spent the whole summer just like practicing and then made the team in grade eight. And then it just, you know, I like the sport, man. And I kept going from there. Right on. And, you know, speaking of, you know, high school and the Jordan story and all that, coming out of high school, you were a fairly highly sought after prospect. You know, you're ranked fairly <laughs> high in, in, in the Canadian rankings and making lots of city all-star teams and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it did come time to choosing a post-secondary institution there, what, how, how did you end up landing at, at UPEI? What was it that sold you on that place? It, man, it's crazy. Like, um, my, my vision is kind of similar to, like, what the kids are right now. Like, we all want to go D1, right? When you're playing basketball, you're, that's the first thing you're thinking about is Division One. So, um, when I was in high school, I had a, a, a big fear of tests. Like that was out of fear of failure, you know what I mean? That was a huge phobia of mine. So um, I never took my SATs, but I wanted to find a way to get to the States. So I did a whole bunch of visits. I went to Queens. I did the Carlton, the Ottawa U visit. I did a RMC, you know, a couple of visits like that. And then um, my last two visits were Windsor and UPI. And I just came down to it. I'm like, listen, like, where's an opportunity where you're going to get a chance to play? You know, um, I listened to all the coaches. I listened to what they would promise me. I listened to some things that they couldn't promise me, but, you know, it was kind of put out there for me to interpret it, you know? So it got to the point where I'm like, okay, PEI is a place where I can, I can go for a year. I, I can get minutes right away. I can really hone my skill, and then I can transfer to a Division One school. Um, it never really happened, but <laughs> I, I, at least stage one happened. You know, I went out to PEI and I had a lot of success and, and the decision was based on um, being able to like be in the active war. You know, like I'm not someone that wants to sit on the sideline for a year or two and develop. There, there's, it's, it's not a bad way to develop and I've had to do it, but I think the best way to develop your skills is practicing in the off season and playing all season, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you touched on a, a pretty important point there as well, too, for any of the kids that are in high school right now that are starting to think about post-secondary and, and have a shot at playing at that next level, right? It, it, it's about fit. It's about, you know, a, a, every coach will probably say quite a few things to you there and, you know, oh, we'll build the program around you, da 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 But, you know, you got to realize it, it's not like high school where you probably were the tallest, strongest, fastest guy in the gym, right? It's, it's a whole team of guys that used to be the tallest, fastest, strongest guys yeah. there, right? <laughs> so what, what would your advice be to someone who is currently going through the, recruit, the recruiting process as far as what types of questions should you really be asking to make sure you find that right fit? I think you got to ask yourself the questions more. Um, the question is, 
what do you want to do with the game of basketball? And, and once you've identified that question, now you can navigate a lot better and eliminate the distractions, right? I think um, a lot of people don't have an end goal to the game. They're just kind of playing it out of like a genuine love or a genuine sense of, um, okay, I'm good. You know, let's see how far it takes me. But I think the ones that separate themselves are the ones that have that end goal, the NBA, the professionals, you know, that, and they're really focused on that. Once you understand that, your job now is to pick a post-secondary that's going to reflect that. So it, don't be attracted with the high-level names, you know? Like, not everyone is suited for Carlton or for the Dukes and those real big schools. You know, some people you can go to South Carolina and be just as effective and efficient, right? So um, I think tailor it based on what your end goal is. And the end goal, I think, is uh, professional, the NBA. And one thing that is very evident in the next level is numbers. So if you don't get those numbers at that level, most likely you might not get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, super well said. And, you know, I, I, I think being flexible and adaptable, it plays a huge role in that as well too. Mm -hmm. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's something that, you know, any, anyone who knows about your story, you know, change has been happening with you left, right and center your whole life. Right. You came, came over as a, as a pretty young fella for a, as a refugee from South Sudan, um, mm -hmm. you know, came to Ottawa, then you're going clear across the country to, you know, the city of Ottawa has a bigger population than the entire province of UPEI <laughs> and then from there you're going overseas to be a professional like so at each of these sort of massive life changes you know what's sort of your mindset going into you know a new season new environment new team is, is there anything that you're trying to do to establish yourself in, in, in that first you know year at a new program there um uh, that's a really good question. Of, of course, of course, there is things that you want to do to establish yourself. And I had my goals going into my first year and I accomplished a few of them. You know, there was some that, that I definitely didn't get, but I, I got maybe later on as my career went on. Um, that's a really good question. I think, though, like the way I approached the game was was not from a, what can I get accomplished? It was more of a of uh, creating a masterpiece. So when, when I'm done, I want my career to look like a piece of art. And um, going into a season, I'm never, trying to I'm never trying to duplicate what I've done in the past. I'm always trying to come with a new style of and a new approach, maybe more aggression, more ferocity. There's some seasons where my numbers were lower, but my productivity was higher, right? So I think have your goals, but in the end, um, all right, let me sum it up. The key to success and the key to like human evolution is who can adapt the best. It's not who is the strongest and fittest. It's who can adapt the best. So just make sure as you're progressing, you're adapting the best. Right on. And, you know, obviously a lot goes into it, right? It's not just you know, what you're doing physically, but there's a huge aspect of the mental game as well too, right? Yes. So when you're going into some of these new country, new province, another new country, all, all that there, you know, are you almost using sport as sort of a safe space for you? And, you know, with all the change that's going on around you, the one constant is you still got an orange ball and you're trying to put it through a hoop? Like, it's literally what you just said, an orange ball trying to put it through a hoop. Like, uh, 
life is so complex like to, to, to be to be able to do something so simple and be applauded for it, <laughs> it almost makes you think like wow you know <laughs> but honestly seriously like life is so complex so to have spaces where you can kind of like not think about your world and just get into an area where this is all that matters for the next 40 minutes and i'm gonna make sure i, I give it for the next 40 minutes that I think people, they pay millions of dollars to fly all over the world looking for gurus just for those 40 minutes of peace, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's well said, right? You know, some people meditate, other people <laughs> put up a hundred shots at a gym, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, lo lots of kids, like, like you were already right. saying, they, they, they've got sort of those NCAA or U sport aspirations and whatnot there. Uh, as someone who's lived that experience, though, what, what's maybe something that you learned along the way that was a bit of an eye-opener for you, uh, which kids who are just starting on their journey, you know, they might not know about. So, like, what, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone as far as starting out that, that sort of next level of their basketball careers there? Uh, if you're going to start off your basketball career, let's say, let's say you're 18 years old and you're starting off your career. Okay, because your career really starts at 18. Everything you do before that is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But at 18, that's when your career starts. I think the first thing you need to do is pick up any type of business or entrepreneur books and start to educate yourself on supply and demand, on products, on uh, on, on um, speech etiquette, uh, the simplest things. Because you're going to be in rooms with CEOs that you need to be able to, um, if I would say... You're going to need them on your side. You're going to need them to invest in you and you're going to need to understand what they're investing in. So you're, 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 the more you get to know yourself on the journey, the better your product will be. So I think when you're in high school, basketball is a game. It's love. So love the hell out of it. You know, when you get to college, it's still love, but that's your first induction to the business of basketball, signing your rights to a school to play for them for the next three to five years for a full scholarship or a partial scholarship, anything. That's your first induction, right? You hold them accountable to the standards that they promised, and they're going to hold you accountable to the standards that you promised, right? So you learn quickly that numbers is what provides the budget, right? Provides the seatings, provides the fans, all that type of stuff. You learn an art of performance. Performance is a huge part of basketball there's practice and there's playing but then there's also performance performance is where you take it to another level and you start to now incorporate the crowd in your in your mastery right you now start to incorporate the fans the way you talk to people entering the arena leaving the arena you start gaining support see this is all business when you get to the pro level you're educated and you're ready if you're not ready by the pro level expect your contract to look a little short <laughs> uh, yeah and, and you know speaking of the pro level that that's also something that that you were able to do in your career right you not only played uh, on the national team level for, for sudan but also uh were able to do nbl and overseas as well too mm -hmm. so you know, at what point in your basketball career, whether it was high school or in, in university, did you start to realistically think like, hey, I've got a chance at not only getting a free education here, but I can take my game to even that next level where people will pay me to play basketball. Was there a specific moment that stands out to you? 
Man, I think I would say 16 years old. 16 years old, I made up my mind. I sat in an Overbrook Park with my boys. A few of them just got arrested. A couple of them just got deported. And I said to myself, what am I going to do, you know? And I had this basketball thing. And a few of my friends were telling me, like, yo, you should really pursue this. So I said, the first thing I'm going to do is get out. That's the first thing I got to do. I'm going to practice so hard that somebody's going to recognize me and I'm going to get out. And it's scary because I'm now entering my last year of high school with no contracts, no offers. And then all of a sudden, you rise up to the level of competition and then you start playing better. And all of a sudden, you know, it finally cracks. You, you got to be patient enough to let your talent get to a place where it's like, okay, all that work can pay off now. Right. And I think that's, that's what happened in my last year. I put, I started putting up some big numbers and, and that attracted scouts. And then all of a sudden it happened within a year. That is the same process that happened with my professional contract. Like it took me a while in college to build a portfolio and a resume. And then in my last year, all of a sudden, I'm like, what am I going to do next year? Same thing I did when I was 16, make a choice, put it all into the game, you know? And then all of a sudden the pro contract comes out. So I think you gotta, I think, the decision came at 16 years old, man. I said to myself, I got, I got options, man. There's, there's not too many options out here. And you got a tool right now, so you got to utilize that and just get out, man. And when you get out, it's going to pay for an education for you. It's going to pay for you to experience the world. And then you can come back and give back the knowledge, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ha having that plan and mapping things out more than just, you know, what, what am I doing tomorrow? Uh, uh, that's such a huge part of figuring out where you're going, right? so three two one so i mean after your, your playing career sort of wrapped up you, you you've now come full circle in, in the sense that you're you're now coaching right you're now giving back to that next generation of basketball players that are coming up through is coaching something that was always sort of the end goal and you know you, you had that plan from a younger age or did it just sort of come about organically later on in life Okay, it definitely came about organically. Like uh, when I stopped playing basketball, I, I got into the business world and I felt like that was kind of what I wanted to do. Like it, it provided the same arena as a basketball world, you know? So I really love it. But um, the coaching was an opportunity that was given to me. I was in a space during the summer where I just felt like it was a very pivotal moment, like in terms of sink or swim for my company, but also for for like, just this game of basketball, I got to a point where I believed that I understood the game well enough that I could change a program and I just needed the opportunity and man, law of attraction and a whole lot of karma gave me that opportunity. You know, we, we turned things around at La Cite and, and when I say we, I mean, uh, I, along with my coaching staff, along with the staff at the complex, along with the AD, like we all collectively have made the environment completely different. So coaching right now, um, going into my first year, I think, no, man, I didn't even really believe I was a coach. And then partway in the year, a few of my mentors just kind of made me believe it. And then now, like, oh, this year, oh, I can't wait to get back into coaching, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, for those that are listening, it, it, it's not only coaching that you do. You, you, you do coaching at, at La Cite, so you're, you're coaching at the Canadian college level. But then you also do a lot of skills training on the side as well, too. And for those that might not be super familiar, the, those are two very different things, right? The X's and the O's of the game versus the actual, you know, putting them through the paces and all that. 
what was it that made you want to do both? Because there, there aren't too many people who, who do specialize in, in both areas. Like. I'm a basketball junkie. Like, um, I played the game at a high level. Um, I thought coaching would bring me into another world where I can see the game at another level. Um, before the coaching, I was doing the development stuff, and I already saw how much different I, I approached not only – not only the training or, or, or talking with other teammates, but to the way I approach training myself, you know, like I'm at a place right now where if I would meet my young self, I would give him some advice that would take him to a different level immediately. Right. So the, the, the coaching aspect is definitely different, but why I kind of ventured into both is just for, so I can learn more about the game. Like when I leave this game, I, I want to be able to sit in the room with the greats, you know, the Dave Smarts and, and the Phil Jacksons and even the great players and just feel like, uh, feel like I deserve to be in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, any, anyone who's following you, on, whether it's on social media or any of the stuff that you're doing there, right with, with, with presidential hoops that that comes through and everything that you're doing right mm -hmm. but but another big thing that is super obvious to anyone who sees that is community is such an important part yeah. to, to everything that you guys are doing why, why do you put such an emphasis on on giving back to the community like that because it was so hard man like you know think about it like uh South Sudanese refugee that comes here, right? Got the darkest skin ever, right? And he's trying to navigate himself through the system and through, I don't know, just through everything that's going on from, from being so narratives. Like growing up, honestly, like we weren't told or even shown, you didn't have representatives that looked like doctors or lawyers or presidents or prime ministers. We had rappers and ballers, right? So, you, you know, athletes. So like, it was just so hard and even to get access to like grants or funding or scholarships, none, none of that stuff was there. So to be able to kind of be like, all right, like we got to even the playing fields, right? Like we got to give these kids the opportunities where at least they know where the tools are and they know how to use them. And the ones that want to use them by all means use them. And the ones that don't, at least when someone comes to you and says, how do I do this? You can point them in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the sort of follow up to that question there, I guess it's sort of like a chicken and the egg question here. But, you know, w when you were starting out with, with presidential hoops there, was what? it, you know, the community and the need from the kids and, and them being the driving factor that made you think, you know what, I, I got to start something on my own here and, and, and create this company? Or was it, that you had always known you were going to start your own company. And now that you were seeing everything, you know, that you had lived in and what was going on in the community, that was just the natural tie in there. So, so where did the inspiration for actually setting out on your own come in? Man, like, like, um, I don't really get vulnerable and share too much in different interviews, but I know like that question has never been asked in that way. Um, I owe everything to the kids. And, and, and the reason why you guys feel it when I put it out there, the reason why I think people are vibing with the stuff I put out there is because at one point when I left the game, I spiraled, man. When I say spiraled, I went into the narratives, right? I started doing things that are probably not things that you want to do. And the only thing that kept me alive, I'm telling you, is the kids. Being able to go to a park one day and just see a kid and see how much he loved the game, be like, man, remember when you used to love it that much, you know? So, like, 
the reason why, like the first year when I started this, I was doing it for free, man. I spent a whole year giving out free training to everybody in the community. You know what I mean? We try to connect people to schools, send people off on full scholarships just based on their talent. And like, yeah, man, like there was so much love in the, in the first stages of this. So the foundation is pure. Like, like at this stage right now, like uh, I owe it all to the kids. So they going to get everything from me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it comes through as authentic in everything that you guys do. And, you know, the, the, the communities that you guys are, are working in as well, too, you know, it's, it's not the, you know, <laughs> Rockcliffe Park or, uh, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the suburbs that have access to all these things, right? It, it's going to be the communities that, that, that don't have, you know, a rec center, don't have access to yeah. facilities and all of that. You know, what, what what are some of the things that you think we'll, we'll use Ottawa as the example here, but what, what are some things that as a city we need to do better in order to start serving some of our communities that are, that are sort of getting left behind? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, that's a really good question. I, I think um, from my experience, I, I don't think I have the answer to that question, but I think from my experience, I would say, um, we need to create channels where we can have uh, conversations with the people going through this. And while having those channels open, um, be ready to kind of apply what they're asking. Because I think for me to say what the kids need, that, that wouldn't do it justice. I think for the kids to tell you guys or to tell everybody what they need, that's where we can actually do justice, right? And not just kids, anybody that's in need, you know, I think they should, be their own voice we should just all we're trying to do is provide an outlet where people can start hearing you yeah yeah and you know so much of what you do obviously is sports focused but presidential hoops it, it, it's far more than just a basketball company right you guys are doing all sorts of stuff so for, for those who might not be familiar with some of the other things that you're doing you know what are a couple of the initiatives that you guys do have going on right now in the communities oh man i'm happy that you said that we um we are currently doing a bag drive. So we did a party in the park last year and we had about, I would say about 200 people show up. It was a huge tournament in the park where we gave kids free food. It was basketball based. There was yoga. There was mental health stations. Uh, it was a community, like, like it was a community initiative. So we had a Rockcliffe, Overbrook Community Associations, like, presidential and we weren't able to have that this year so we were that really kind of hurt you know because i know like when we did that last year there was a whole month where it was shooting stabbing shooting 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 stabbing so i think the neighborhood needed something you know just to kind of like just let loose and kind of relax so I, we got to see the power of of how bringing people together can, can really change because everything after that was good. Like the whole neighborhood was vibing after that. So this year, I think what we're doing is we're going to be doing a, a bag drive. So we're going to be providing three to 500 youth with back to school bags that will be um, equipped with uh, pencils, uh, markers, just equipment in general. They're going to have a mask in the bag because it's important right now. And it's, it's mandatory in public transportation. And they're also going to have a back to school presidential shirt, which is going to kind of like have them have a sense of pride, not just only in the neighborhood, but just being able to go to the first day of school and, and have some fresh gear, you know, because I know that's what everybody was like. And that's universal, you know, first day of school is, 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 is a fashion. First day of school, eh? 
<laughs> Got to show out for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, if you had a magic wand and, and you could sort of wish your, your sort of future into fruition here, you know, five years down the line, what, what, where would you like to see presidential hoops? Like, what, what are some of the things you, you'd like to accomplish or, or be doing? You know what's crazy about that question? Um, I'm going to show you instead of telling you. So you guys just just stay watching us, man. We we gonna show you what five years looks like. I think we're gonna try to get five years to look like two, though. You know, <laughs> but we're gonna show you what five years is gonna look like right now because we're just getting started. Yeah, yeah. No, cramming five years worth of stuff into one year there is the goal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So I, I mean, you know, we we've covered quite a bit here, and, and you know, a, a lot of people who might be listening might, might want to get involved or reach out or even figure out how, to, how, how do I get my son or daughter involved in, you know, a presidential hoops camp or something like that. Where, where can people find you or where, how can people get involved? So right now, if you want to get involved, you can definitely reach out to any of our social media, media platforms on Instagram. It's at presidential hoop, but it's spelled P R E Z D E N T I A L. H-O-O-P-S. And then on Facebook, it's Presidential Media. So same spelling, just media at the end. Um, we're going to be launching our website in the next little while. And it will kind of be, it'll be very user-friendly. So you'll be able to book anything from sessions to um, donate to our programs or any of our initiatives that we have in the future. There'll be a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Right on, right on. All right, well, before I let you go, I, I, I've got to get at least one prediction out of you here. With the NBA restart, what, what, what's your big prediction? What, what, give me the finals and the winner here. Who do you think? Oh, man, that's a really good question. So you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say winners go to the Raptors. <laughs> so repeating chance. Um, MVP of the MVP of the tournament goes to Mario Shayak. <laughs> Local talent. <laughs> yeah. Those are my predictions, guys. <laughs> okay. okay, there you go. Got to got to represent the uh, the Ottawa Ballers there. That's eh? what I'm saying, man. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys taking the time, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, as things you know, if the numbers keep going the way they are, we can maybe see people actually on them indoor court sooner rather than later there and uh you know keep doing what you guys are doing in the community because you, you, you guys are making such a huge impact and like you said you, you guys are just getting started you guys got some big things ahead of you for sure there thanks man thanks for having me on the show again this was a solid conversation it's good to talk with someone that actually understands the game i can see that you're very seasoned as well and in, in the way you ask your questions man so i appreciate that i really have fun with this Awesome. Well, you guys stay safe over there and, and we'll have to get you back on for a future episode there. <laughs> no, for sure, man. I, I stuttered a bit, you know, so, so make me look good with the editing, but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> will do, will do. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Dinesports YouTube page and podcast network. A massive thank you, as always, goes out to Manak Luwal for joining us today and sharing his journey, not only through basketball, but also his post-playing career as well and the amazing work he's doing through presidential hoops and making impacts in the community, not only through basketball, but through education and awareness and social enterprise work as well, too, and definitely targeting some of the pockets in town that might not get some of the attention that they deserve and are maybe a little bit under underserved and making sure that no one really falls through the cracks and um, definitely some uh, 
phenomenal, phenomenal job that he and his team are doing out there. As always, if you like what you were hearing, make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. We'd love to get this uh, information in front of as many people as we can and keep growing that community that's uh, definitely starting to build up over time. And we love to see that and get some interactions going with you guys. Love to connect with you as well on social media. We've got various social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Um, all of them at Dine Sports, and you can connect with us on there and interact uh, as, as well, too. So uh, we've got some more great guests coming up this week, some really, really impressive people in the sports world. We've got some phenomenal experiences to uh, share with everyone. So make sure you guys tune in. Aside from that, thanks very much for listening. Have a great day.